Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, it's Chris Harrington on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Presented by Church Health. Caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. Tony joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, Going Down the Road Feeling Bad, a traditional American folk song. They're done by the by the Memphis adjacent Blue-Eyed Soul duo Delaney's Body from their casual live album Motel Shot. Sending that out to the Grizzlies. Now 0-3 in, in, on their um, season-long five-game road trip. All right, I get to get the Grizzlies in a minute. You got a piece up, uh, quick piece up at the Daily Memphian because the Oscar nominations are out and the Elvis movie, uh, what did it, was it? Eight, eight, eight nominations? Yeah. Yeah. It did as, about as well as could be expected. Um, it, you know, it wasn't going to get, it wasn't going to get like a best director or not. I mean, people may have speculated on a best director or a best supporting actor, you know, Lord, Lord, Lord would help us for, uh, for Tom Hanks. Uh, that Those things were not going to happen. But it got uh, Best Picture, one of the 10 Best Picture nominations. It got Best um, Actor for Austin Butler. And then it got six other sort of, you know, craft and technical category nominations. So it was not the highest. It was, you know, the three, movie, three movies that got more nominations. But it was right after those three. Austin Butler, uh, people thought he did a magnificent job of... Uh, portraying Elvis, best Elvis besides Elvis. Are we going to agree with? Is there a better? Has there been? I I can't think of another good one. I mean, I mean, Kurt Russell did it way <laughs> right. early on. Um, I you know the, the, the guy who the, all the the guys who were in the various short lived TV shows were all just sort of okay. Um, I, I mean, there's really there's not much competition right. there. Okay, but he's not. Is he a favorite? What, is it Colin Farrell a favorite? Brendan Fraser a favorite? Who's the favorite? I feel like, I mean, I, again, I have not studied the prognostications. Right. My just general sense of the world would be like it's among those three. The other two in the category are not going to win. And so it's among those three. Um, the Whale didn't get a lot of other nominations. It's a movie people don't seem to actually like. Um, but it's also a big gimmicky performance. Um, so it's the kind of performance that tends to win these but i sort of think it won't um and so i'm gonna i'm gonna predict colin farrell but i'm not gonna be surprised if austin butler wins uh a couple other things from your story that intrigued me one one is 
All Quiet on the Western Front is a movie now? Is a new, there's a new All Quiet, <laughs> I, somehow, I somehow missed it. Is this true? It's a Netflix thing. It's a German version, like the original. So that, that's a movie, that, that's a book that a lot of people maybe read in ninth grade or whatever. Right. But, but it was also one of the early, one of the first classic movies was a 1920s version of all, maybe early 30s version of All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, which has been, and that's not the only film adaptation, but that has been the film ad- adaptation um, for decades upon decades now. And this is the first major one really since then. And it's a German production, unlike the the other version, which was an American production um, of the German novel. And it, 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 it has not shown in theaters for the most part in the U.S., but it's on Netflix. And so, you know, a have lot you of seen it? See it there. That's the that's the only that's the only one of the ten best picture nominations I have not seen. Huh. But now I will see it. I, I was very glad the Whale did not get a best picture nomination because I don't want to watch that. But I'll watch it <laughs> on the Western Front now. Um, that is one. Back in ninth grade, when we read the book, or whatever grade it was, tenth grade, I did my All Quiet on the Western Front report, and I got a C or something. And the comment was, right. "Next time you should do more than watch the movie." I didn't even know it was a movie. I, not only no, I'm sure there's, there's, there's no way you knew what you 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 do you knew it was a movie. Wasn't yeah, there another no, movie though? That I don't think she was referring to the 1920s movie. Wasn't there? Uh, was there another? Oh, I, I'm sure there are other adapt, yeah. there are other adaptations, but they are not considered notable. I was accused uh, of you know. just watching the movie. Yeah, it was it was depressing. Anyway, and then the other thing is is right now you mentioned the other best picture contenders that are showing in Memphis at the moment. Avatar, The Way of Water, and The Fablemans. You, that means you have seen both of these. We discussed Avatar at one point, how the, it's the, the, the first Avatar was supposed to be a path-breaking film, but as soon as you walked out of the theater, it disappeared from your mind and everybody's mind. It didn't really have much impact, but it's back. Um, what did you think of Avatar, The Way of Water, and The Fablemans? Should I go see them? Yeah, yes, on The Fablemans. You should go see The Fablemans. Uh, Fablemans is very good. It's like my third or fourth favorite movie of the year. I think it's quite good. It is It is not quite what it is. What people seem to think it, it is without having seen it. I guess because it's Spielberg and the movie right. poster is like, you know, the wonder of movies or whatever. It's really not. It's a lot thornier than that. I think it's quite interesting. Um, and, and if you do see The Fablemans, if anyone out there sees The Fablemans or has seen The Fablemans, I highly recommend watching the documentary about Steven Spielberg that's on HBO it's on, or HBO Max that that really gets into like a lot of like the stuff that movies about and like you you see like how like truly autobiographical the movie is it's actually interesting to watch those together uh, but Avatar um, I I enjoyed it in the theaters and and I did not it has not left like a profound impression on me, but I actually think it stuck with me a little bit more than I thought it would. Mostly because of like the, the outcast space whale, who's like the best, the best actor in the movie, basically. Is it, it is 3d also like they give you the little glasses and all that. Again? Yeah, it's 3d. It's the whole shebang. So yeah, definitely it's something to see in a theater. And like, like at this point, like I don't, I don't know exactly where all these movies are showing, but I know Banshee's of a Sharon is on streaming on HBO and like uh. that, that in part, to me, are the two best movies of the year. So even easier to see Banshee's of Inisherin on HBO probably than for most people than to go to the theater to see Fablemans or Avatar. All right, moving on to the Grizzlies. You said if a streak starts at three, they are going to risk their first. This is before the, this is before the game. They're going to miss their, their first losing right. streak, uh, and they sure enough they they did it. Is a streak begin at three? You think a streak? I think so. I don't. I don't. I don't think two constitutes a streak. 
Um, I'm so I don't know. I mean, opinions vary. That, that's that's by my definition, at least. Right. So the I first... do think it's notable to say that that the Grizzlies last night became the last of the 30 NBA teams to lose three games in a row this season. They were the only team that had not done that. So you know, as bad as you know the stretch has been, and there's some real stuff to talk about. Let's keep that in mind. Like they were literally the only team that had yet to lose three in a row. Uh, among the things there are to talk about is that you had asked. Uh, Parker Fleming make this point, but you co-signed that um, you wanted to see Jaron and Brandon as the starters, and instead we got Xavier Tillman. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. Just because I want to see some do. of this, I mean, I right. think I'm going no, to no. see it, right? right. I mean, I, I, that, that has been the pattern of things, um, just to sort of keep their rotations in, in place. But I feel like it's sort of time to start ramping up to what you think might happen in the playoffs. And I think one thing they did do differently last night that to me was suggestive of that is they didn't play Kennedy Chandler, right. even though John Morant was out. They they went to like those Desmond Bain-led lineups, which is what they'd done all last season. And I think the hit there is that if they find themselves without one of their two main point guards in the playoffs, that's probably what they're going to do. They're going to play Bain. Um, and so I feel like, I feel like come playoff time, you're going to lean more in, more than likely, lean more into those Jaron Brandon lineups. So that's sort of what I would have done. But I'm not surprised they didn't do it. Last year, of course, when they did that, they had other ball handlers, ostensible, but what on the on the court, uh, DeAnthony Melton uh, and Slow Mo, Kyle Anderson were right. on the court to help matters. But you you think it can be equally effective? It was obviously effective last year. Uh, well, right? I don't know. I know. I don't yes. know if it could be equally effective. I think it was important that you had Melton and or or Anderson in those lineups too. And so Bain was sort of a lead, but not a traditional point guard. You could sort of share the ball handling a little bit. You know, with the Melton and Anderson stuff, and I wrote a column about this earlier in the year, sort of concluding one was not a mistake and one kind of was. Right. Um, but but the thing about it is, like, you know, whenever the Grizzlies play well, if, you, if you're on social media and, and like, Kudos to you if you're not in Dylan Brooks' voice. <laughs> um, but, if you're, but, 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 but if you're on social media, like when the Grizzlies play really well, you'll see a lot of people saying, y'all, y- 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 whoever the, the they is, right? right. You know, they told you that the team was going to miss Melton and Anderson. Ha, 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 ha. Right. And then, like, when they, hit a, when, they, then when they hit a stretch, people say, wow, it, should, it, would, it would be nice to have Kyle Anderson and Anthony <laughs> Melton out there. You know, to me, it's not complicated to say, like, they're really good without those guys, but they would be better with them, especially with Melton. And so, to me, that's not like mysterious. Well, it is. I mean, I've, I've been saying since, I've been saying since before the season even started that their wing depth is a problem. Right. And I think hey, we're seeing their wing depth games, is a problem. Their wing depth is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, to that point, by the way, of the things that are irritating about social media, of the social media, I, I think that the, the the most is the spread of pernicious false information. Let's be honest. Like that's the most. That's the worst thing about social media. The any anti. anti Democratic, anti-truth, whatever, whatever. But another one that is bothersome to me, that irritates me probably more day to day, is is a hundred percent that it's the reactions in the moment with total lack of context. That and then right. if you happen to say something three weeks ago that was that was about something in the moment, that'll be thrown back at you. It's just there's a such absence of context in social media. It. Absolutely is infuriating, um, and is a reason to is a reason to abandon it. Um, okay, the, uh, the 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 wing depth though continues to be an issue. John Conchar in his last yeah. five games, and you know, yeah, and, and, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, the minutes have been shrinking some. 
Um, but but even but it's not. I mean, to your, to your point, it's not just that he's playing fewer minutes. He, it's a combination of playing poorly and playing fewer minutes, and those things are probably related to each other. Um, it feels like, you know, I would say, and last night Roddy played. Basically, Roddy played instead of Chandler, and they mixed up their lineups. Right. I mean, I would say that that, that Conchar's diminishment is opening the door for Roddy and or Larabia. But I think what it really is is the signal that like he's just keeping a seat warm from Danny Green. Um, but but I do think Conchar's on his way out at least temporarily. Um, you know, he, he's not been playing well. They've been playing him less. And I think when Danny Green is available to play, my guess is he's, he's going to step into that Conchar spot. Are we going to get a look at Danny Green before they have to make it before the trade? Like, what, what's the sense of the timing on the Danny Green thing now? I I don't know. I mean, they, it's a mystery. They they, they have not really suggested. Um, Danny Green has suggested, but but the Grizzlies have not suggested. Danny Green has said he was going to play before the All Star break. And Taylor Jenkins, I asked him that directly just a couple of weeks ago, and he 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 very much declined to to, to co-sign that. Uh, but Danny Green has been apparently been playing five on five in practices, and he's certainly you know doing pregame shooting, and so presumably they have some kind of idea of him based on what they're seeing behind the scenes. So I mean, we're all waiting to see him on the floor, right? I mean, and you'll you'll learn more on the floor against like other teams trying to stop you. That's obviously true, but it's not like the Grizzlies are starting from zero on this. They've had no. them all season behind the scenes, and they they have some kind of feel for it based on that. Um, if not for the presence of Danny Green, you would be saying this is an urgent situation that they have to fix at the trade deadline. Is that not right? Oh, I don't know if I would say urgent and have okay, to, okay, but I, right. I would certainly say I would certainly say like you know this is a problem. Priority. That right. I would, yeah, I would. This was something I would suggest addressing. Um, I, you know, I think this gets back to sort of what we were talking about yesterday about like when it, you know the levels of pressure right. to win, right? And like I was looking at it today, um, like so if you took a look at the top ten teams in terms of winning percentage right now, I put the Grizzlies. And other people may not agree, especially Grizzlies fans. I'd put them middle to slightly below middle in terms of pressure to win right now. Like, I don't think, you know, on, on one hand, like, you're good. You don't know whether the league will be as open. And so this, you never know when your best shot's going to be. On the other hand, like, I don't think they're in the same position as, like, Denver or Philadelphia or Milwaukee or Brooklyn or lots of the other teams in the top 10 in winning percentage. And so. You know, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't. I doubt they do anything. But I think if they, if their sole consideration was maximizing right now, no, and, and without regard to the next five years after this, then yes, I would say you got to do something. But I think the balance of like trying to maximize now, but also, you know, tr- trying to maximize the entirety of your window, which includes right now, I think is a little bit more complicated thing to to, to navigate. I'm going to look at it right now. I'm calling up the standings. In terms of pressure to win right now, teams, I'm with you. I don't think there's much pressure to win right now. Um, and, and if you go through it, the only teams when we mean get to the finals and yes, win a title. Win at the highest yeah. level, get to the finals and win a title. The only teams that I right. think have less, that are, in the, that are elite teams that have less pressure to win now than the Grizzlies would be Cleveland in the East and yes. Sacramento in the West. And that's it. Like, literally. Yeah, and, 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 and maybe New Orleans. Maybe, the but they're but older, yeah. at least. You know, they're... they're right. That's they, right. Yeah. 
So I think literally, I mean, New Orleans in a sense that this season's a gift. And so they're, you know, they're, they're, they maybe you'll be just happy being there like Sacramento. That's how you sort of feel if you're Sacramento. Sacramento's also older, but it's such a gift this season that I think whatever right. happens in the playoffs will be gravy. There's very little pressure on the Grizzlies to win right now. And I, I, I agree with you. Like the, it is interesting. Well, I, I, yeah. think, I think there. Well, I don't know if that's true. I think there should be very little pressure on them to win okay, right now. True. I think there actually right. is a bit of pressure because they've been ahead of schedule and because of all the noise around them. It is one of the phenomenon, though, of sports fandom. Is I see it, and one of the teams I follow is the Buffalo Sabers, and the Buffalo Sabers are unaccountably decent this year. They're incredibly young, and they're three points out of the wild card. And all you see on the uh, message boards and social media is I'm sick of losing time to accelerate the process, go get a player, help them, give them the help that they need to get whatever else. I think it's just an instinct people have that they want to win right now. And most of those win right now trades are applauded at the moment. I, I suspect that Minnesota fans were happy. I don't know that this is true because it was so widely panned as a trade in terms of the cognoscenti. But don't you think Minnesota fans were probably right. excited about Rudy Gobert deal? Probably. I think there was a little bit of I think there was a little bit of uncertainty around right. that, at least among media people who I know there. Certainly media that people. That was such a wild yes. one. That was a yeah. wild one. But I, I, I think the fans like, yeah, tend to be. Like you see the I don't know. Yeah. Right. I will say with the Grizzlies, like the, the two trades I've thrown out there is the ones I would, I think, most worth pursuing. The OG Ananobi, which is a higher level one, and right. then Malik Beasley, which is sort of a mid to low one. Like those would cost you long term in the sense that you would probably have to give up a first. And Ananobi probably multiple picks, but at least a pick probably with Beasley. So you would give it up future stuff. But those are young players under contract right. beyond this season, 100%. too. And so that that's sort of the why I, I kind of like those. Um, was there uh, much else from last night? Obviously, you don't want to give up 22 threes. Uh, you don't want to be out-rebounded the way they were. You don't want to give up 30 points on 15 turnovers. <laughs> you don't want, like, it well, was a lot of that was, you know, you also don't have Ja and you don't have Steven Adams. Yeah, last night was statistically, like, the worst performance of the season. But I think it was, in a vacuum, less troublesome, troublesome than the previous two losses. It, that's the kind of loss where if you at least get a split in the first two, you don't feel as bad about that one. It, it's, it's second night of a back-to-back on the road without John Morant and Steven Adams, who are sort of the engine of your offense, against the Kings team that is good and that is second and barely second, almost first in offense you know, in the league, Playing at home, they hit. They make ten out of ten from three to start the game, and maybe you can like, right. you know, quibble about the Grizzlies' defense and closing out more and changing your scheme and all that. They can be set out there by themselves with no defense, or most times they're not going to shoot ten out of ten, like in a pregame warm up or whatever, right? And so they, they it's crazy shooting. That game to me, like you don't like to see that it opened up the way it did for thirty three point loss. Um, but to me, ultimately, if you take each game one by one. That game is less bothersome than the previous losses against Phoenix and the Lakers. Those are the ones that you let one get away against the Lakers, and you shouldn't have dug that big of a hole against Phoenix. And if you want to feel bad about yourselves, you just feel worse about the Lakers and Suns' losses than the Kings' loss, I think. But in terms of what is troublesome writ large, the issues, it's wing depth. That's the 
that's the most. Yeah, I mean, it's half, at least some of these things are interrelated. It, it's it's your half court offense, which is what they said from you know back last right. summer. This is what we got to be better at, and they're not better at. And then part of the reason they're not better at that is like is the general shooting and the lack of pop off the bench, and those things are both related to like you know to to your lack of wing depth. Yeah, Chris, thanks very much. Appreciate it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.